In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous you're going to be okay and you probably will be okay but you need to prepare for a situation and even now even now i'm finding that it's you can still go to the store you can still find stuff it's not the critic who counts not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better the credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood welcome to the men in the arena podcast where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we, we salute, salute you. you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this very special episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, and as you heard, I'm here with my co-host, Good friend, Dale Culver. How you doing, my man? I'm doing really good, Jim. Hey, I haven't asked you, but do you have a man law today? I do. It's <laughs> super good here. A man should be ready to provide and protect his family at all times. Yeah, and that's <clears throat> that's what we're all about today. That's our podcast. Our podcast title is Dare uh, to Prepare, and we are in uh, troubled times. We are in unprece- unprecedented times in the last hundred years. These are definitely not unprecedented, but for us in modern uh, America, modern world, we are definitely in unprecedented times. And uh, we, I think, sometimes depend, I don't think we def- definitely depend too heavily on other f- outside forces to support our families instead of us taking the lead and doing that. And there are a lot of people right now in, in near or, or deep panic mode, and, so, uh, and they are doing that because of their lack of preparedness. Right. Yeah. So, well, Jim, I've known you for almost 20 years. And uh, as long as I've known you, you've kind of been a, what some folks call a prepper. <laughs> and so, and I do myself, I, I enjoy watching the show. The uh, Those guys, I think, are a little bit, uh, I've known you for a while, and you're not as extreme. I wouldn't put you in the category. I mean, if you had the funds to do it, I'm sure you would have a bunker somewhere. But, um <laughs> But what is a prepper, and how do you justify it biblically? Well, so first of all, the show you're talking about is National Geographic's Doomsday Preppers. <laughs> and that show, um, to me, is worth watching, but they break the number one rule of preparedness. Yeah. And I'm breaking that rule right now, and I, and I know I'm breaking that rule, and so I don't need you to tell me I'm breaking that rule, but in an effort to really help our men out there right now... I'm breaking a rule that I like to hold strongly to and adhere to, but I'm breaking that rule. And here's a number one rule of preparedness. And I know I'm breaking it. It's just like Bear Grylls. 
in his show, he breaks the number one rule when you're lost. You don't move. <laughs> but he does that to illustrate and to help his people. Yeah. So in order to help our people, I'm breaking a rule, and the rule is you don't talk about your prepping. The, the, the doomsday preppers are talking about it, and they're on the TV. That's the number one rule because now I know where your stuff is. Now I know how to get your stuff. So I realize I'm taking a risk here, but in order to help thousands and thousands of men who are reaching tens of thousands of people, we really need to take that risk. And I would also say this, Dale. Yes, I'm a prepper, but I am not a pro. I don't have a prepping podcast. I don't have a prepping website. You do today. I ha- yes, but I haven't written a book <laughs> on prepping. I just want to share, and I, and here's the deal. I don't prep based on fear. When I get into panic and fear mode, that's when things collapse for me. I don't do fear and panic well. So what I do is I try to get ahead of it and prepare so I don't have to address that issue. I've been very calm, at peace. My wife and I are enjoying some of the most enjoyable times at home, relaxed, uh, prepared, and ready. And so I am not a pro, so I'm not going to give you pro tips. These are just what one guy is doing to protect and provide for his family, and I want to share those with you guys. Then you asked the question, Dale, uh, how do I justify that biblically? Well, in 1 Peter 3.15, I know I'm taking this out of context, it says, be prepared in season, out of season, to give a defense for the hope that lies within you. And so I do want to be prepared in season and out of season. But the major context for my preparedness has been Genesis chapter 41, verses 25 through 37. Now, this is Joseph. He's uh, he's uh, interpreted a dream of the Pharaoh that there's going to be a seven-year famine. The Pharaoh seeing the famine through a dream commissions Joseph to oversee all the storage of food. So they begin to stockpile food, just enough food to get through this coming famine for the kingdom. And so I believe there's always something looming that I want to prepare for so when that event happens, I'm not dependent upon man or trusting man, but I can trust God. I can put my trust in Jesus Christ who's calling me to prepare and provide for my family and to preside over my family. And so I do that so when the, the, the storm comes, and, and, it, and I'll, we're in one right now, then I'm not stressing out. I'm not living in fear because I've done my due diligence, and I'm a man who's on a budget. I'm not a wealthy man. I'm on a budget. I'm in middle-class America. And, uh, but we're ready. We're prepared. And um, I believe that God has put five innate passions in every man. Number one, he's a protector-defender. Number two, he's a fighter-provider. Number three, he's a pursuer-builder. Number four, he's a leader-sacrificer. Number five, he's a finisher-conqueror. All of these passions are in a man. They're the movies we watch, they're the discussions we have. And because I believe God has put these innate passions, these are hardwired into us before we ever get polluted by our culture and our media and our fake news and all these things. So before all of that, a man is those five things. And so as he's a protector defender, which means he has a job to, before anybody else, protect and defend his family first. So before he serves the community, before he protects any other group, he needs to protect his his family. He's a fighter provider, which means he needs to fight and provide for his family first. So I'm hearing some things in the news that I personally, I disagree with one thing, and I know I'm going to get fired for this, but here it is, that the news is saying, oh, don't panic, don't go and buy up all the stuff in the stores. Well, my number one responsibility, yes, don't (laughs) panic, but my number one responsibility is to my family. So I'm going to go take care of business for my family, and I'm not going to listen to some media or politician tell me how to shop if I haven't prepared. Now, me personally, I've been going to the store and buying 
heavy whipping cream or salad, just the normal stuff because we're ready to rock and roll. We're ready. We're dug in. We're ready. But my when I go to the store now, it's just to get necessities. And I haven't been going to the store because we're trying to stay away from people right now. So so those are the reasons why I these are the reasons that I prepare and biblically why I, I am not a fan of fear. I don't think fear is a God thing. Fear is the result of something coming our way that we're not ready to tackle. We're not prepared to tackle. And I want to dispel fear. And so this podcast episode is not to put people in the panic mode. It's to give people an assuredness that, hey, it's going to be okay. Just do these things. If you're behind the curve, you can keep. You can still do these things, and you can catch up. You've been doing some catch up. It hasn't been a panic thing, but you went and bought some things, and you're 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 a lot more stable in your family because of it. Am I right? Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah. feeling pretty secure. Okay, I'm not so worried about toilet paper. Just saying, <laughs> and it's not because I have a horde of it. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> so, what would you say as a prepper, and why should we prepare? And what should people uh, be preparing for? That's a good question. Well, I believe Hebrews 10.39 says, We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but through faith are saved. And then uh, James 1.5 says, If you ask, it's one of the few times in the Bible where there's a guarantee answer to prayer. It says, If you ask for wisdom, basically God will give it to you. So I want to have, as a follower of Jesus, I want to have wisdom, and I, I want to be a man who doesn't shrink back, so that I am ready. If people have a need, I'm ready to help meet some of these needs without me personally trying to scramble to save my family, right? right. Just yesterday, I gave out 30 pounds of rice and other things to a, a person who was needy and needed some stuff. So um, so I want to prepare for when I... First of all, people need to realize this. Go online, do the research. Again, I'm not an expert. This is just me talking. These are things naturally flown out of me from my research and experience. Our stores only stock enough food for three days. That's nine meals. So when you go to the grocery store, realize they're, they're, they've got a, a certain equation they're going with, and they realize that they've got enough food for people who normally shop to give them nine meals of food. That's it. So if we run out of gas, if something happens, we, are, we have no food access. So we have three days' worth of food in stores. So when I, knowing this, I prepare for five different things. And I, there may be more, but for me personally— I'm thinking it could be a natural disaster or an act of God, like an earthquake, a tsunami, a hurricane, a tornado. That never happens. That would never happen, right? (laughs) (laughs) What about a drought? You know, a snowstorm, so a drought. So when I prepare, I'm preparing for some of the—one of these natural disasters, which is very, very common. Uh, I also prepare for the potential, and I know people get weird about this, but— but there is always a potential when you're $21 trillion in debt as a nation to have an economic collapse. And this event right here, um, it could, you know, we're fighting to not get there. But the next step when public panic happens in unemployment is an economic collapse. And so that, that is looming. And that is something our politicians, who I fully believe in, their, their capacity as leaders, they'll, they'll fix this. But that is something that we need to think about. Also, war or attack. 9-11 was a, a moment that prompted that. So what about a civil war? What about uh, another enemy coming in and invading us? We just never know uh, what can happen. I also want to prepare for a potential EMT, which is basically EMP, elect- EMP electromagnetic pulse, uh, a, a, a flash of the a sun flare, um, a weaponized thing, something that would knock out all of our electricity. And the other thing is, the last thing, Dale, is a pandemic. <laughs> and, and and I've been preparing, and what people don't realize, and un- honestly, of all of these, for me, where I live in Oregon, the pandemic was the one that I was most uh, concerned about, because I don't know if you know this, Dale, but the 
we pandemics come on average every 50 years. And besides the N1, the N1, H1, uh, H1N1 and 09, we haven't had a pandemic since 2000 or since 1918, which is the 1918 influenza pandemic. It's also known as the Spanish flu. During that time, 500 million out of a world population of 2 billion. So the world was about 1.8 billion to 2 billion. 500 million were infected with this. That's 27% of the world population, and between 17 and 50 million people died. Now, they predict it could have been as high as 100 million, but they did not have the technology that we have. So knowing this and watching what happened with the virus, the um, H1N1 influenza in 09, you know, I just got to be ready for that. And so for me... I want to be ready in case something happens because God has put me in charge of a beautiful granddaughter, a uh, well, not in charge, but I have her in my life. I've got I've got three great sons. I've got a, a daughter, a daughter-in-law here who's going to be my daughter in July. I've got another son with a very very serious girlfriend. I've got parents around, elderly parents, and so for me, that has been my motivation. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Even though our kids move out, we still have this uh, mantle that we need to take care of them. So uh, so talk to me about your plan and your method that you prep for. Yeah, so just off the top of my head here, I have I call this my plan of threes, okay? So super simple. And I, what I have is I have a three-minute plan. So I always carry a pocket knife. I carry it every day. I have a, po- a little pocket knife on my phone. If I get a splinter I, or if I need to cut a piece of cheese or Skin something off. like that or whatever, I carry a knife. I have a cell phone on me. The cell phone has all my doctor's numbers. The cell phone has uh, pick, you know, pertinent information that most of us have. Uh, in my truck, I carry uh, duct tape, flashlight, uh, a blanket, stuff to change my tire, miscellaneous tools to help somebody else on the side of the road. Uh, I have some basic, very basic cooking types of things. I have some knives in there. Just some basic things. So if I have a three, I, something needs a three-minute fix, just really short, stupid little stuff. I mean, just I do that. And then I have my three-hour prepared. So I'm prepared for three hours. So if we have a, electricity goes out, you know, we've got candles, we've got lamps, in the house, you know, if uh, there's a snow day, so just a three-hour thing, and then I have stuff I prepare for three days, and if you go to Emergency Essentials, which is www.beprepared.com, they sell 72-hour kits. So if there's a three-day issue where I'm locked in the home for three days, or I need to take care of my family, there's something going on there, that then I have enough resources for three days, and then I have my three-month and see, people are pretty calm until I go to the three-month program. When I get to the three-month program, and when I'm saying three months, I'm saying three to six months, this is a, an inventory that I have compiled over the last 10 years that will help me and my family be sustainable for three to six months without aid from anybody else. Okay? And that's where people start. You know, they tell us in the financial world to have three to six months savings and nobody bats an eye. But to have three to six months of food supply, uh, people go, wait, you're crazy. Well, mm-hmm. am I really crazy? And then I have a three-year plan also. So if there's some massive problem, I have uh, several very, very um, – I have some, let's say, some human resources uh, that I can tap into that would um, guarantee, for the most part, my family's protection for a long, long period of time. And a lot of times what what experts tell us is the biggest problem is the people in the cities. 
And so our strategy involves getting out of the cities. And so that is, and I'm not going to go into that strategy. That strategy is uh, something that we have the plan, but it's not something that anybody needs to know about what that plan is. So that's that's kind of the three, the, the plan of threes is our strategy. So So if you bug out, your house is open then? Yeah, well, I'm not saying there's a bug out. I just said that I have a plan. That's all I said. So okay. don't quote me on that. That's not a quote. I'm just saying that um, gotcha. there is a plan. Yeah, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So what categories do you prep for, uh, or is it just random? Yeah, that's a good question, man. Because I, to me, it's not random, and to me, I have a, a hierarchy. I have a priority list, and this may be different from everybody else. Remember, I am not an expert. <laughs> I am just a guy trying to protect and provide and fight for my family. So for me personally, being a non-expert, I need to break things into simple working terms. So number one priority in preparedness is, these are all Bs, Dale, five Bs. Of course. Number one B is my body. I want to stay in shape. I want to be fit. Uh, right now, a lot of the people that this this uh, pandemic, that this um, illness is attacking, it's attacking people with massive health issues. And I have uh, a, some kidney disease stuff going on. I have high blood pressure. But I do try to stay in shape. I work out regularly. I think a, a long-term solution to having to a situation like this would be to take care of your body. Uh, that is something we should be preparing all the time, is always preparing our body. The Bible says that it's a temple of the Holy Spirit. And I believe firmly that we need to be obedient to God in what we put into our body and how we take care of our body. The second in the highest priority is what I call Band-Aids. These are all Bs. By Band-Aids, I mean medical supplies, um, you know, when we go to travel out of, out of country, I'll usually get pick up some antibiotics and put them in the freezer. Uh, having a supply of tampons, if you have for you, you should have a supply of tampons, all the girls, uh, toilet paper, uh, and basic medical supplies. So this this one, uh, anti-inflammatory types of medications. So, yeah, I was at Walmart yesterday, and I did load up my cart with some female products, and it was just me. And I'm like, hey, I don't care what anybody thinks. Hey, right I've now. got more for you because I don't need them because I don't. I don't have any females, and my wife is not. That's not a factor anymore. So <laughs> the third component is beans, and that's our food supply. Which if we can, if, if that's all right for you, I'd like to discuss this later on and get into some details. I thought you were meaning like it produces gas and it's a bad thing, no. or it's a good thing. No. And then the fourth thing is bullets, and so by that I mean having a, a, a way to protect and defend yourself. I think most preppers go way over the top on this one. I really think this is something that would never happen unless we have a complete chaotic disaster. I'm a gun guy. I'm a hunter. I have my fair share of of guns and ammunition. My goal for all of my children as they grow up and for myself is to have at least these five guns, a 22 or 17, so a small game type of rifle, so a rimfire type of rifle, that type of caliber. A large bore rifle, like a hunting rifle, right? So I've got my small bore, I've got my large bore, a shotgun, a pistol, and then this is going to be controversial, but some other gun that is probably the color black. Some other gun that if I, I need a light round that's highly effective and an organ, uh, we can have access to that, I, I want another gun like that as well. So some some kind of hunting rifle with an extended magazine in it. And then the last B is what I call bullion. And this is uh, tradable goods and assets, gold, silver. And this is my fifth level down because this really is really, really, really doomsday type of scenario. But it could be tradable items like uh, I've got bullets or I've got 
or I've got toilet paper, or I've got, it could be anything that's tradable. I mean, right now there's a lot of stuff. People are wanting certain things, and there's some tradable things even right well, now. if you drink, maybe this is a good time to stop drinking and hoard your alcohol collection, because you might need it. For well, trading. alcohol is a great thing because of medical, medicinal. Yeah. It, it, it cleans out a wound. Uh, medic- Wine. If you have any distilled alcohol, I, I'm thinking whiskey, vodka, yeah, gin, exactly. these things will stay distilled forever. Mm-hmm. So they have, a, they have a shelf life of decades and decades and decades. I would personally avoid like the beers and the wines because they don't, they don't last forever and because they are not distilled. So, um, yeah, that's where I would th- – those are my five Bs and, um, yeah. Well, let's go back to your one of your Bs, mm-hmm. and that is food. Yeah. <laughs> do you recommend canned food, frozen food, dehydrated food? And, and how do you buy and store your food? Yeah, so the first, um, that's a great question, man. And again, I'm on a budget, so I have to do, I have to think long ball. And uh, so, I, so let me explain. First, the most important food that you can have access to mm. is water. Yep. So in Oregon, we've got tons of water. Water is not a factor for us here. I don't plan a lot for water. It's all about water. But if you're in California, if you're in a desert region, you really need to have a plan for water. And I'm not going to get into that. I'm just going to say you need to have a plan. Go get a Doughboy pool or I don't know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so for me, if you're in that three-day scenario, so if I'm just when I'm preparing for a three-day, a one to three-day scenario, uh, you can go to any sporting goods store and pick up MREs. That stands for Meals Ready to Eat. That's a military ration. Uh, you can pick up uh, dehydrated meals that I use for backpacking. And I do have a, a nice supply on hand for that three-day scenario. But if we're talking more than that, like if we're talking into the months, uh, what I what I have done, Dale, and this is me personally, this is, again, me. I have friends that go online and just pay for the one-year ration of food from um, – um, Mountain House or no from Emergency Essentials? Oh, okay, uh, I don't think Mountain House sells that. Maybe they do. I don't know. Again, I'm not a pro. I'm just a guy. So for me, I have decided I want to find things that only take water to make food out of them, and I just add water. And so the ratio when you add water to a food source, it's a one to two or a one to three ratio. So for example, uh, four ounces of rice will yield. Once cooked, 24 ounces of rice. So I have a high yield for a small storage weight, storage capacity. What I have done personally is I go and buy five-gallon buckets. You can buy, you can get them at a hardware store. You can get them at your local, some of your local food sources. Uh, the Winco here where we live sells these. I'll buy a five-gallon bucket with a gamma lid. Now a gamma lid is what locks in. It's an airtight lid. It locks into the five-gallon bucket, but it unscrews in the top. These are beautiful. I've put a Mylar bag, which is a, like a space blankets are made out of those. Mylar bag in there with oxygen absorbers, and I fill that Mylar bag full of whatever I'm purchasing, and then I seal it with a zip tie, put that gamma lid on there so it's airtight. It'll keep for 30 years or more. I have rice I've had stored for since 2010, and it's perfect. So here are the things that I personally store. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I go for pasta. And I take the little, you can buy it for like 50 cents a piece. You can buy these little packets of sauce, like sauce packets that you add water to. You can buy Alfredo sauce. You can buy tomato sauce. And I'll throw those in the top of the container. So I have pasta. I do pancake mix. So with pancake mix, you can add water. I'll also buy syrup or molasses or or just add water to sugar to make a syrup. Mm -hmm. Uh, I buy sea salt for preservative, for seasoning, for wound care. I buy rice, I buy beans, uh, again, sugar, powdered or regular. 
Uh, one thing I buy, <laughs> I make sure I have a lot of coffee. I, I have a lot of coffee on hand. I just the Folgers tubs and I pour them in and I'm good to go. And along with po- coffee, I buy powdered milk. So I've got the buckets of powdered milk because I want to be able to mix my coffee. And if I need to mix up the water source, I can have powdered milk. I have oats, dehydrated eggs, dehydrated potatoes. You can buy dehydrated vegetables, all sorts of good stuff. So the, so basically my theme is I want to have things on hand that I just have to add water to. That's good, man. That's yeah, really good. I hope that's helpful. Well, the, you, you had mentioned coffee, and I made sure I have some coffee <laughs> now. So what resources would you recommend uh, for those who want to learn more? Yeah, again, I'm just a guy who likes to read. I like to watch TV. I like to do those things. And so for me, a couple things have been really fun resources for me. And I know this isn't the longest podcast we've had, but I really think that we're in a time, Dale, that we just need to get this information out to our guys because no matter where they are in this process, they can still start slowly. Uh, what I have not done, and I haven't said this, when it comes to food, I don't have a lot of canned food on hand. Mm-hmm. And I've chosen that on purpose because it's heavy. Canned food falls off of cardboard boxes. You know, sure. it, it, it just, it's, it, it, and the shelf life of a canned food is a year. So why would I want to buy something that I have to throw away in a year or two when I can buy something I have for 30 years? So for me, I've and it's messy to haul around, so I don't do a lot of canned food. I'm just saying that publicly. I don't do a lot of canned food. So that, But you can do that. But just if I would say for people now, trying to get through this next two or three months, I think canned food is a great, great idea. Most people, if you go to the stores, are pulling off the canned food. So you'd be wise to go in and get the rice and the beans and, come back and, get and the oats food. and the things that you just add water to. Mm-hmm. Because in the bulk section, those things are all over the place. I was just in the store a couple of days ago looking around for this podcast. You can find rice. You can find beans. You can find these things. If you go into the Mexican food section of the store, uh, white people just don't get there. It's funny. But they have all the rice and beans you could ever imagine. So so anyway, for me, as far as resources, Dale, there's a great book by James Rawls. Um, I love this book. It's a fiction book. It's called Patriots. Uh, there's another book by James Howard Kunstler called The World Made by Hand. These are fiction books. Another book by Cormac McCarthy, which is also a movie called The Road. These are these are books that are there's a lot of I mean these are some pretty graphic books and uh, they they will wake if you know, the problem what I have found with a lot of people even right now we're in denial mm-hmm. and uh, we're waiting for somebody else to make it better mm-hmm. and what I'm saying is it's already pretty bad guys so why don't you make it better you're the leader in your home. So stop denying that something is out there that you're going to be okay, and you probably will be okay. But you need to prepare for a situation. And even now, even now I'm finding that it's you can still go to the store, you can still find stuff. Uh, the store, there's a lot available still, and I would recommend our guys, if, if they have not prepared, to go into the store and take care of business. I have prepared. I feel really good about where we are. Like I said, I've given food away. So I would say also uh, another uh, fun uh, book series to read that actually takes place in imaginary Seattle, which is ironic because uh, Seattle is a hot spot right now, a book by Glenn Tate called 290 Days, and then another book by Holly Deo, D-E-Y-O, called Dare to Prepare, and that's more of a textbook. As far as movies, uh, a great recent movie is Contagion. Uh, you can go see an old school movie from the 70s called The Andromeda Strain. You can get that on Netflix or a 90s movie called Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman, or The Book of Eli with a... Mm, so uh, good. With a, um, what's mm-hmm. his name? Yep. 
what's his name? Darnell Washington? What, wait, what's his Denzel. name? Denzel. Denzel Washington and The Road. And then as far as a series, uh, there's a series I love to watch, and uh, and it has nothing to do with zombies. I watch it for the preparedness and how people deal with a, uh, an apocalyptic situation psychologically is The Walking Dead. And so yeah. uh, when I was getting lunch today, I was talking to the guy saying that, uh, you know, on The Walking Dead, you never see them freaking out about getting toilet paper. They're just looking for food. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I ran out of toilet paper once and a friend of mine said, uh, hey, just use a dollar. And so I did when I came out, my hands are all full of, you know, I'm like, what are you doing? Why are your hands all full of your own? And I go, hey, have you ever tried to wipe your ear with uh, two quarter, three quarters, two dimes and a nickel? <laughs> But, you know, but these are things that, again, there's no panic, there's no fear, but there's a conscious choice to prepare. And I hope that this is a wake-up call for us to prepare, because when this this blows over, and I, I'm sure that it will eventually, that when the next thing comes, whether it be a tornado or a hurricane or a tsunami or an earthquake, that you're ready, that you have people who depend on you and that you're ready. And so I, I hope that our listeners, uh, I, if, if, if this puts any fear or panic in anybody, we've done a tremendous disservice. I am calm as calm can be. I'm confident as confident can be. I just want our guys, as they get in the arena and grab a hold of the role that God has given them as protector, defender, fighter, provider, leader, sacrificer, that they would understand that this is a part of it. I don't want to defend. I, I'm a big fan of. I'm a supporter of our government. I'm a supporter of our government officials, but I don't want to depend on them. Mm. They're a bonus for me, right? Right. I don't want to depend on them. I want to be able to depend on the brain that God gave me and the trust I have in Jesus Christ, and the understanding I gain from Scripture to prepare. And I want to do that to the best of my ability for the glory of God. Well, and as you were growing up as a kid, didn't you want to move out and get on your own? So you finally, you're able to do that, and then you go, oh, I'm going to put myself underneath the government to be my parents again and tell me what to well, do. Well, and I'm okay. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not anti-government. I'm not doomsday. I'm just saying to guys, listen, you know, it's your job to lead your family. It's not, it's not your pastor's job. It's not your government's job. It's your job. So <laughs> any more questions, buddy? No, that's, that's, uh, that's all I got, man. Do we have any questions uh, from our guys listening? We don't. Uh, I just had uh, Ish Mora took some notes about body band-aid, uh, beans, bullets, bullion, and barter. So he's got it down. Barter. He added a B. Yeah. Good job, Ish. No, <laughs> Ish is one of our arena coaches. Uh, barter's a great one because we need to have something to barter besides our firstborn male child. Yeah, and Shelby <laughs> Lebsock thinks, uh, he says, I think it's crazy how people have been fighting with others over silly things. Hey, Shelby, congratulations on your first elk, man. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, your buck had bigger antlers than your cow elk, but uh, that's pretty cool. Appreciate that, Shelby. Yeah, and I mean, when, when panic enters the situation, it's it's that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And so we want our people to avoid panic. We are at a place right now, fortunately, where our government has done some great things, along with local private sector businesses. And our stores still are stocked. Uh, if you're a man right now and you honestly assess that you don't have enough to take care of your family, I would encourage you to go and pick up some of those things we talked about. You don't have to make it a big deal. Put a smile on your face. Just go in there and take care of business, take care of your family, and uh, this thing's going to be okay. It's going to pass, but uh, it's our job. I'm not a crazy prepper guy. I just really believe I want to take care of those I love. What do you think about this? I did read this last night in Donald Minter's uh, post on Facebook that when now when they go out shopping, they have a rule in their house that they come in the garage and they strip down naked and then they go straight into the shower. 
and leave those clothes in the garage and then so you're not bringing any infestation or anything in the house. Well, right now it's just me and Shanna. <laughs> so and you could do that. So we just strip down naked, go in the house and stay there. So so for us, it's not a big deal. Um, I would just be really, I would just obey and follow what the guys are t- telling telling us to do on, on, on the, in the media. Anything else? That's all I got, bud. Hey, guys. Hey, make sure you guys head on over to menarena.org. And with all your free time now that you're at home, grab a free copy of my electronic uh, version of my bathroom book for men. You're going to love that book. When you do, we'll add you to our quipping blast. Man, we are going full steam ahead here. We're not stopping at all. If you are a guy who's running a local team right now, we highly encourage you to get uh, get get that uh, onto a virtual team platform. Uh, we are more than willing to help you with that, with that at info at menandarena.org. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Get ready. Grind it out. And be a man. Men in the Arena is a nonprofit, crowdfunded organization that exists to inspire men to become their best version. We're able to freely offer this podcast, weekly equipping blasts, discussion forums, plus our small group resources to the three M's, active military, missionaries, and men in underdeveloped nations. This could only happen because of a large group of generous donors like you. You can find out more about how to support our ministry at meninthearena.org. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.